Braves and baseball fans, it's time to take a trip from coast to coast across Major League Baseball. There it goes, a long drive. If it stays fair, home run. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed the perfect game. Deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes! 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 championship listen to this crowd left side swanson to first braves and baseball talk straight from the diamond here's grant mccauley hello again and welcome to another episode of from the diamond as always i'm grant mccauley and i appreciate you joining me on what is going to be a very spirited discussion about what's been going on for the atlanta braves because did we ever have a crazy weekend with the philadelphia phillies in town braves handled the business that they needed to they got the sweep of the phillies but as far as things happening on the field there was news both good and not so good for the braves i'm going to cover it all with gabe burns of the atlanta journal constitution he'll be joining me in just a moment before we get into that, I want to remind you, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Grant McCauley. Follow the show on Twitter at From the Diamond with an underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at Grant McCauley. And the show is at From the Diamond. And you can find the podcast wherever you find your podcast, as well as the Odyssey app as part of 92.9 The Game. Now, normally, the show that I do on the weekends is the podcast. But this weekend, we were busy on Saturday evening, and so were the Braves. And in the midst of getting the show done, well... Unfortunately, some news broke, and it was not of the best variety. Ozzy Albee suffered a fractured right pinky finger. That's going to keep him out for the rest of the regular season. And now the Braves will turn back to Vaughn Grissom, who had just handed that job back to Ozzy Albies. But as it turns out, plans can change on a dime in the big leagues and in sports and in life, for that matter. And the Braves are going to have to make that adjustment again, and Vaughn Grissom's going to be a big part of it. We've also got a lot to talk about when it comes to Ronald Acuna Jr. heating up. Spencer Strider setting some strikeout records. And, of course, the Braves battling the New York Mets in a very tight National League East race. So with all of that in mind, I want to welcome Gabe Burns into the show. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at GabeBurnsAJC. Gabe, I appreciate you making some time. We haven't done this in quite a while, but man, we have got quite a 2022 season going. And here with a couple of weeks to go, what a crazy news-filled weekend for the Atlanta Braves who are winning baseball games. I guess that's a good thing, but man, they uh, got some bad news on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully we won't be too rusty here. It has been a while. Yeah, no, it's been another wild season. Uh, It feels like so long ago that this team was struggling like they Mm -hmm. were to start the year and people were panicking. And now, you know, at the stretch run, it's it's unfortunate bit of news here with Ozzy, obviously. It's just a real bummer. This team was so excited about the energy that, you know, he brings just already you could just see a little extra pep in their step. And they've been waiting to get him back, and it was just – it was such a big deal. Your, your depth was going to be – you were going to be in such a good position depth-wise with Vaughn Grissom, too. And I mean, again, it's just a real bummer. And, you know, beyond the team, you hate it for Ozzy, a guy who spent three months working so hard to get back. He misses 81 games. It was mm-hmm. an unfortunate injury to begin with, obviously, a fractured foot the way he did. And for it, for it to just, you know, potentially that's it. 
um, for his season. It, it's it's just a huge bummer. Yeah, so a broken pinky finger on a head first slide into second base in Saturday's game. Ozzy had been up twice, had been on base twice, was busy scoring runs. It's back at second base, and you just kind of felt like, Gabe, to your point, that this club was about to get injected with this kind of this shot of energy, this boost that they needed this time of year by getting their all-star second baseman back. And on top of that, it was going to be one of the things that makes the club better, not just in the starting lineup, but by having Vaughn Grissom in reserve this club has, I think, found one of the answers that is going to be a, a key piece for them down the stretch, and now even more so because Vaughn Grissom goes from being the starting second baseman to having about 24 hours out of that role, and now he's going to be pressed right back into being the starting second baseman. But he's done a lot of good things for this club. I talked to Brian Snitker about it when Ozzy came back. I mean, what is the plan for Vaughn Grissom? What do you do with him? And he said, we'll go day-to-day. To day. We'll try to figure it all out. But it's crazy how quickly all of this really turned around, Gabe. The broken, the fractured pinky finger for Ozzy Albies on his right hand is going to keep him out for the entirety of the regular season. Perhaps in a playoff run, if it's a lengthy one, you have a chance to get him back in October. But this was just no part of the plan for Ozzy, no part of the plan for the Braves after he'd already missed half the season with that really fluky fractured foot. Yeah, look, this team has been rolling the way that they have been really just since, what, June? And then you look at this and you're going, oh, wow, they're getting Ozzy Albies back too. Yeah, they're just getting back a, an all-star second baseman. They're going to be able to plug into this. And a guy who really, again, we, we keep talking about the energy. There's a reason that everyone brings it up every time that they yeah. talk about him. It's a legit, real mm-hmm. thing. Just having him in there and just how dynamic he is. We saw him on that bloop double his first game back and running into second. The helmet's flying off. It's just like old times, right? And, so, no, I mean, it stinks that he's gone. Uh, they're fortunate that they have Vaughn, and he's mm-hmm. done an outstanding job since he's been up. I mean, this is a guy that really was not on anybody's radar to probably even be up this year. And if he was, then maybe it's a September thing. But, I mean, for him to have come up in the circumstance he did, uh, you know, you're homering in Fenway Park, and then to play the way that he has played at his age. I mean, we're, you know, we're getting spoiled around here by these guys like Harris – Strider, Grissom, but this is not the norm. So it's been really, I mean, it's been impressive to watch Grissom. They're fortunate that they have him. So, you know, you're not, you don't have a, a hole there. But it's just after anticipating Ozzy coming back, all the work that he put in. And this team had been, they'd been talking about how they were going to handle it when he gets back with Vaughn. I know for a fact that there's people in the organization, I mean, obviously that have been taught, that have already been looking at next year. How is that going to work yeah. with these guys? That's a problem for a good problem for another day for an unfortunate reason. But the Aussie news, like, it just stinks for this team that thought that they were really going to be full strength and roll into October. Yeah, I think that word that's come up, I know I said it, you said it, pretty much everybody said it. It's an absolute bummer. I mean, this was something that was supposed to be one of the highlights of September. You just knew that when Ozzy came back, I mean, yeah, he'd had a down season, offensively speaking, before the foot injury, but it just kind of felt like it was just writing itself as this great ending, this this great uh, you know final month or final chapter in what could have been a challenging book of the 2022 season and for Ozzy, but you know what he brings to you defensively on the base pass, that energy and that uh, the personality that he is a part of for the entire club, not just his own personality, but what he does and what he means to this club and has for so long as this team has been winning pretty much for the entirety of his big league career, at least full season-wise, beginning in 2018. Now, putting that aside, putting Von Grissom aside, I think one of the other things that people really look at when you talk about Ozzy Albies and his presence and the influence that he has, of course, is... 
his buddy Ronald Acuna Jr. And we saw Ronald with the news that Ozzy was going to be back have himself a heck of a series against the Philadelphia Phillies over the weekend. Home runs in back-to-back games. A big go-ahead homer uh, and then a big home run off Aaron Nola. We're starting to see Ronald look a little bit more like Ronald. we got diving catches. we got throws home. We've got all kinds of things going on that just kind of remind you that, you know, once this guy gets going, he's typically going to be the best player on the field. We just hadn't seen as much of that this year. And I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but having Ozzy back out there just kind of felt like you get these two back together again. Yes, uh, Michael Harris is second and Vaughn Grissom may be the troublemakers, but the original tag champs, I think, Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr., they were set up to have a heck of a run here down the stretch. And Grant, isn't it crazy? It feels like not that long ago that we were talking about Ozzy and Acuna the way we're yeah. talking about Harrison Grissom. That yep. was not that long ago. No. These guys are not that old. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, like we're still they're still in their mid twenties, and you know, with some of these guys, I mean, they're a few years older than some of these. It's just kind of crazy to think about. Um, I'm 28, and it kind of makes me feel old. I'm a little older than that, so trust me, it makes us all feel a little bit older. <laughs> So, yeah, look, no, we're stating the obvious here, but getting Acuna rolling would mean everything. And it's, it's, also, it's also great to just see him back in the pennant chase here after last year. Uh, we Obviously, last year uh, ended beautifully for the Braves, but it didn't for Acuna. And so to see him back there and, you know, helping this team sweep the Phillies, he's making plays in the outfield, that bat is back, he's got his kind of swagger and his energy back. It's just – it's it's cool to see. If they have him rolling like that uh, when the postseason rolls around, if they're facing the Phillies on wild card weekend, mm-hmm. if they're facing the Dodgers or St. Louis in the next round, I mean, they're that's going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, it's it, when you talk about everything going to optimal levels, I mean, we knew that this was going to be a challenging year, I think, for Ronald Acuna Jr., and the, the conventional wisdom would tell you that. But then there are people, perhaps like me, that just thought, okay, there'll be an adjustment period to the new knee, if you want to call it that, to the healed knee. And then all of a sudden, Ronald's just going to take off running. He's going to get this great you know, run in him. It's going to look a whole lot like what we saw in 2021 when it was homers left and right, great plays all over the place, stolen bases, you name it. Yeah, he's stolen some bases this year, but he's looked like a very different player. So, Gabe, at this time of year, to see him doing some of the things he did over the weekend, I don't want to get out over my skis again, but Ronald Acuna Jr. is a five-tool game-changing player. It just I feel like he had to kind of get used to the new version of himself and get comfortable with it. And maybe this whole boring DH stint that he had is something that really helped him out because it allowed his knee to kind of calm down a little bit. It's not going to take all the limitations off, but if you could really get him primed up and ready, as you mentioned, for some very important games, the middle of September heading into October is certainly a good time to get Ronald Acuna Jr. all ready for what you hope will be another deep run through October, something that he did not get to participate in last year, as you said. Yeah, you know, with him, if he has a big game like that, he's the type of guy that can get rolling off yeah. of it. He's, he's, a, he's a streaky player. And when he really catches fire and when he gets momentum, I mean, he can snit his, I mean, he can carry you. Yeah. He's, I mean, this is, he did. Yeah. I, and look, we didn't see him play. They won the World Series without him. And then this year, there's no doubt it's been a trying year for him. There has been a lot of unideal circumstances and it has been hard for him. Like, there's no question. We've heard him talk about how it feels terrible. And we know, like, it's, yeah. And fortunately, this team is so freaking good and, and so deep on, you know, blue chip talent. They're okay. But this guy makes all the difference in the world when he's rolling. And this truly is one of the most talented, gifted players 
in the game. And that has not changed. No. Even with as exciting as Michael Harris is, as fun as the Grissom thing has been, uh, Austin Riley's got his deal. And, man, what he's done these last couple of years, you cannot say enough about the player he's become. A lot of people just didn't think he was ever going to have mm. that in the bag, the type of just overall player that he is. But Acuna is still, when he is on, when he's healthy, he's feeling confident, he's at his best. There's not many people better than him. So we'll see where things are two weeks from now. But you can't help but to look at what's been going on recently and just feel really encouraged about where this is going. Yeah, I don't know that I've been that excited about a diving play. And clearly it was a big moment. He robbed Bryce Harper of what could have been a bases-clearing double that would have turned a game and perhaps an entire series around. He didn't know how things were going to feel going into the Sunday finale. Clearly, Spencer Strider, who we will talk about, had a big say in how things went on Sunday. But Ronald Acuna Jr. driving in all four runs, saving at least three runs, showing off his arm, doing things on the bases. I mean, there's just a lot to like about what Ronald Acuna Jr. brings out there. And you're right. I mean, we are talking about one of the top players in the game, a top five talent a generational talent for a club that, you know, did some winning without him. As, as you said, you know, they won the World Series without him in the lineup, but they wouldn't have even been in position to make the trades that got them into the World Series if Ronald hadn't pretty much put the team on his back and carried him through the first 85 or so games. So it took a, a village, if you will, to win that World Series last year, but you're hoping to see Ronald Acuna Jr. front and center in the Braves doing it again this year or making their deep run through October with him having a chance to enjoy the kind of ride they had last year. It, it, with all of that said, and with Ronald kind of click in and the unfortunate news about Ozzy Albies, there has been so much focus on these rookies all year long. You mentioned Michael Harris. He has shown up at the most opportune time possible for this Braves club. It was a huge spark for them late in May upon his promotion. And then, of course, in June with the 14-game winning streak. But coinciding with that, Gabe, was Spencer Strider moving from the bullpen to the rotation. And what this guy has done, I mean, let's look at Sunday. Ten more strikeouts. He's got half a dozen double-digit strikeout games. He got to 200 strikeouts for the first time for a Braves rookie pitcher in 132 years, mind you. And I've got my Boston Bean Eaters 1890 shirt on. That's the last club that had somebody, a rookie pitcher, as far as this franchise is concerned, with 200 strikeouts. And that guy threw 400 innings. Uh, putting that aside, though, he got to 200 strikeouts faster than any other pitcher in baseball history. He got there just ahead of Randy Johnson's record pace in 2001. I'm kind of running out of great things to say about Spencer Strider, who's you know become synonymous with the word strikeout, but can you recall a more impressive rookie pitcher than this guy? Because it seems like he was built in a factory to do the things that he does. I cannot because, Grant, frankly, he looks like a, front, a veteran frontline guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that some of the DeGrom comps are thrown around, and, and look, DeGrom's the best pitcher on earth, but you see it mechanically. There are some similarities, and just the way that Strider overpowers guys. I get it. You can say that there's similarities in guys without saying that he's going to be Jacob DeGrom, but really, we're in uncharted territory with this guy. Yep. What he's doing, I'm not at Truist Park as much as I used to be in my new job, but I was fortunate enough I was there uh, for his start against the Rockies when he set the franchise record mm -hmm. with strikeouts. And, I mean, that was to see that in person. First of all, you know, no matter how jaded you get covering sports, it's awesome to be there in person yeah. when something like that happens. I mean, that's that's really cool. And second, like, that's just remarkable. He's a remarkable talent. Um, he's just an incredible pitcher. He's a great personality. He's, he's going to be extremely marketable, just – just who he is, the mustache, mm -hmm. the whole deal, the whole package with this guy, the hitting triple digits. 
there's again, and you you summed it up by saying that there's not enough that we could say about it, like or that we've we're kind of running out of words right. to describe what he is achieving here. Um, they're going to have a very interesting decision with their postseason rotation, um, and we'll we'll see how all that works. But this guy, he's one of the best pitchers in the National League. Uh, I was stupid enough that earlier in the year I thought that they should leave him in the bullpen because he was having so much success there. Sure. Uh, and that looking back, that seems crazy, right? Uh, with what he's been able to do here, and he was pitching at Clemson a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just going to keep getting better. So the rich just keep getting richer here. Uh, we talk about Michael Harris. Vaughn Grissom was kind of the cherry on top of all of this. Yeah. But you know, this team wins the World Series. They've got you know they get Acuna to come back. They've got. Harris and now you're just you're just throwing in this guy who's just he's like a he's like somebody you create an MLB the show yeah I mean it, it's seriously remarkable um, I'm so excited to watch his career uh, if he stays healthy what, what given how young he is right now and what he'll be able to achieve I mean it he could be a really really special pitcher in the history of this franchise and that's saying something. Yeah, no, it definitely is. We're talking about Cy Young Award winners. We're talking about Hall of Famers. I mean, heck, even Cy Young pitched in this franchise. And the last time that somebody for a Braves rookie in a full season had 200 strikeouts or in a single season, it was 1890. That guy was pitching when Cy Young was, you know, out there active doing stuff. And that's just it's crazy to think about that that's the last time that, you know, you, you accomplish something. This is a game that has an awful lot of history, and I'm a big fan of trying to find all of the little nuggets and trivia that goes with it. But, you know, Spencer Strider is such a fascinating personality that I think he appreciates what he's doing. I think that he sees what he's doing and will have some time to reflect on it kind of down the road, maybe in the offseason. I don't want to put him on a schedule for it. But when he was talking after the game on Sunday and, you know, he was asked about, okay, well, you know, it's all, it looked like your teammates came and congratulated you. They they were shaking some hands in the fifth inning. Uh, what was all that about? He's like, yeah, they were congratulating me about the 200 strikeouts, but I didn't have time for a celebration. I'm still trying to get in this game and get some more outs. And, you know, he also said he'd sacrifice a few of these strikeouts to throw a few more innings this year. I mean, this is a guy that not only does he have that mentality on the mound and have a plan, and not only is he executing it at a high level with the, the kind of stuff that most pitchers can only dream of having, but he gets the mental side of this game. He is what I would say wise beyond his years. Maybe what has been your impression of the personality of Spencer Strider? Because I think that is as unique as the kind of pitcher he is on the mound. Well, he's very detail oriented, clearly. And that's obviously a big part of it. And you keep hearing the word maturity brought up that gets thrown around a lot. That's another thing that we could easily take for granted here in Atlanta. Because, I mean, there have been a lot of young teams out there in baseball. And maturity – I mean, quite frankly, look at what's happening with Tatis in sure. San Diego. Yep. I mean, maturity is a big part of this for some of these young guys, especially these guys who experience early stardom. And it's all about how you handle things in life. It's that way in any career, right? Not just baseball, but these guys are, you know, making big money and, you know, they're getting tons of followers and, you know, having them seeing themselves on TV all the time. It's a whole different level, you know, ego wise. But this guy seems to have such a good perspective. He's he's extremely thoughtful. Um, Again, it goes back to the details. He he really knows how to take care of himself, too. And he just you could tell he loves the game. He loves the intricacies of pitching. If he's the type of guy that and it gets gets thrown out around, but he's the type of guy that's looking for that one small extra detail that mm-hmm. gives him an advantage. And frankly, you look at some guys on the mound, some guys can have great stuff 
but they don't have they don't have the right mentality for attacking. And this guy, I mean, this guy just kind of has that fu mentality that you want your front like what Max Freed has. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to a Max Freed press conference, that's not really the impression that you get of him. No. Um, he's so fiery on the mound, but this guy just has that mindset of these great dominant guys like a Verlander, a DeGrom, these type of pitchers. He has it. And that we're seeing all of this at such an early age. Again, um, sometimes we've seen it. We've seen guys like Ian Anderson have early success and now look, right? Sure. I mean, we've, se- we've seen guys – we saw Mike Soroka have a lot of early success. He was an all-star in 2019. I mean, we've seen guys do it. We've seen guys take a while. Max Freed took a while. He had all the blister issues. He was in the bullpen, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. But what this is just uh, – you don't see this very often. And I would just say, you know, Braves fans enjoy this and enjoy <laughs> – just what you're going to see out of this guy. I mean, he's he's not only hit. I mean, this is a home run. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, again, not to repeat myself, but I'm just I'm so excited to see what this guy's able to achieve here. I mean, he's he's not he's a few years away from even being in his prime. Trust me, you're not the only one who's going to be repeating that over what I think is going to be a very special path for a young pitcher who is just establishing himself. But it's crazy the kind of things that he's done. And if you look at all the stats, he's not going to qualify this year. But I looked at that Randy Johnson 2001 season about every angle you could possibly look at it on Sunday just because I was so amazed that somebody got to 200 strikeouts in 130 and two-thirds innings in the case of Johnson. Then seeing Spencer Strider get there a couple of outs before he did, that is really saying something. But Randy Johnson set the single-season record with 13.41 strikeouts per nine in 2001 when he was challenging for Nolan Ryan's single-season strikeout record. Spencer Strider, again, won't qualify. He is averaging 13.8 strikeouts per nine. It's an absolutely silly thing to be looking at all these different stats, whether it's John Smoltz or, uh, Spencer, or Spencer Strider against Randy Johnson or whoever it may be, or just looking at the strikeout leaders for Major League Baseball and realizing that everyone else on that list has thrown 40, 50, 60 more innings than Spencer Strider has. This guy is a phenom, and I know we've thrown that word around, particularly with Ronald Acuna Jr., but you know this is the kind of power pitcher that comes along once in a very long while, it seems, for most clubs. And the Braves seem to have walked right into one at a time in which you were kind of hearing a lot, Gabe. I know I was about, well, the Braves farm system is going to start running dry. There's just not a whole lot of talent there. It's a little bit top-heavy. you got a couple of position players. There's just not as much pitching depth. A lot of these guys have stalled out in AAA and maybe don't have a spot. The Braves just aren't where they used to be. And, well, there's some obvious reasons why. Because a bunch of those guys graduated and became big-time players for a World Series championship team, and that's all great. And it's a little bit harder to keep a great farm system while you're doing that if you're not the Los Angeles Dodgers. But the Braves farm system that was supposed to be running dry has produced some serious gems for the Braves in 2022 in the form of Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, Vaughn Grissom. Heck, I would even throw William Contreras, who I know has exhausted the rookie status last year. But look at what William Contreras is doing this year, and we don't seem to talk about him near as much as we would if it weren't for these surprise promotions and or surprise uh, elevation to a next level in the case of Spencer Strider and, of course, Michael Harris. It's one thing to have top prospects and have the top five in Baseball America and everything. A lot of these guys just don't produce when they come up or they take time. So you can go through those examples all over. These guys doing this for the Braves were not top 10 prospects in the game, right? I mean, these are guys who were not considered these like elite 
you know, can't miss prospects. I mean, was Strider, I don't remember. Was he even a top 100 guy? I don't think he was. No. He came up initially. Yeah, no. And then Vaughn Grissom, I think he just snuck into the top 50, right, before he was promoted, so he was not considered. And even and even Michael Harris, I, I thought that he was really underrated as a prospect. I think that if you followed the Braves close enough, you knew that his rankings were not a true indication of his time. Not up to date, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So – but I mean, these—they have these guys. These guys are blowing past ex- expectations, not only as rookies, but I mean, they're just good major league players immediately. And the Braves have—and that's such a credit to this organization, not just development in the minors, but the culture that they've built. Um, and I know that some people kind of roll their eyes at the culture thing, but there's something that this organization has in that clubhouse, in the dugout with Snit that maximizes guys. They're maximizing 21-year-olds. They're maximizing veterans. And they've done this the last four or five years now. At this point, it's not just a, you know, it, it, it's clearly something. So yeah. kudos to them for that. I mean, look, the, the system now, is it, is it what it was? I mean, the Justin Henry Malloy kid has been having a nice year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could run through some names sure. some guys that are, might pop or are kind of developing, you know, moving along better than expected. Looking back, it's amazing that Strider – look, he pitched like 60 innings at Clemson, mm-hmm. so I get it. Oh, man, he should have been – I mean, he should have been the first overall pick. Yeah, with these draft. numbers. It's hard to argue against that. I'm just looking at the 2021 prospect list, and you know, you might recognize a few of these names. Number one was Drew Waters. Number two, Michael Harris the second. Then you got Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson, Braden Shoemake, Jared Schuster, and then you find Spencer Strider at number seven on the Braves list. And when you kind of go back and think, well, the Braves, as far as the top prospects, you know, systems in all of baseball had fallen from perennially being in the top five, at least the top 10, to being in kind of the bottom 10 or bottom five and really not having as much, the number seven prospect for a club that just doesn't have as much talent is not going to creep his way into the top 100. But this is just one of those where maybe the 2020 season plays a part in this because of so much lost minor league development. But regardless, the secret's out on Spencer Strider at this point, and the Braves have to be thrilled about what he's doing. And I don't know that anybody could have expected it to be this good. There was an argument, like you said earlier, to leave him in the bullpen to have success and be a weapon out there, whether it ended up looking something like a Roldis Chapman or a Josh Hader or whoever it might be that could have just been that, you know, that dominant, you know, late inning arm, high leverage arm. But the Braves gave him the opportunity to do what they believed he could do, and that's be a major league starting pitcher. And man, has that ever paid off? And remember when we were concerned about his inning totals? Yeah. He's that not. was another part of the conversation <laughs> when it came to the bullpen, right? We're talking yeah. about, oh, this kid hasn't pitched X amount of innings and we're worried about it. And he laughed at us yep. multiple times in press conferences. He's like, yeah, I'm not worried about this, guys. And he was right. <laughs> Again, like he just – he seems to have a really, really good – he's a very self-aware person. Yeah. And that's a big deal. And that's a big deal, especially as you're just – when you're young and you're having success and – Again, in any field, I mean, just being self-aware and knowing, knowing your own limitations and everything, that's big. And yeah. for him, you know, people were worried about limitations that he didn't think even existed, and he was right. Yeah, he was absolutely right. I want to talk about a couple of things before we wrap up here. One of them is William Contreras. He was the guy behind the plate for Spencer Strider on Sunday. He was, uh, once again, a big part of the Braves' offense and hitting a key home run to help his battery mate out. 
you know, we've been around William Contreras for a number of years. I think that there was always that question of, is he going to be the guy? Is Shay Langoliers going to be the guy? Are either of those guys going to be featured at any point in the not-too-distant future? Well, we got our answer in the spring of 2022 when Langoliers got traded in the Matt Olson deal, and William Contreras was given the opportunity, though it was kind of fleeting, to maybe be the third catcher this year. That's a story that's developed in ways that I don't think that people realize that it could because I think William has really locked himself in behind the plate at a, at a really high level. As we talked about Kyle Wright's development in the second half in Gwinnett last year, I think William Contreras went down to Gwinnett and basically did the same kind of thing, and he was behind the plate a lot for Kyle Wright, so maybe it just kind of worked out that way uh, for the two of them. But what he's doing handling the staff now, in addition to becoming an all-star level hitter behind the plate, this is another great development for the Braves and their farm system that did seem to be kind of nearing the end of those premium prospects. Yeah, Grant, I'm really glad you're bringing him up, actually, because I was going to write about him soon. Because oddly, it feels like his season and just him, he's been a little underappreciated. Yeah. A little under the radar. And it's been kind of weird because if he was on another team um, and he was an all-star at 24 – and he's made the strides he's made. Maybe he gets more credit. But yeah. on this team, with all the storylines and all the young guys, guys younger than him doing what they're doing, mm -hmm. I guess he just kind of gets lost. And it, it's a, it's weird. It's actually kind of weird. Um, he, he, I just again, cr so much credit to him. Um, he's certainly he's he's vastly improved defensively. Uh, his discipline at the plate. Um, this guy is a force. And you have him as your as a backup catcher and your DH. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know that people kind of scoffed at him being an all star and everything, but look, he deserves so much credit. You're right, Kyle Wright is kind of a good comparison as far as a guy. Last year, he was not ready when no. he, when no. when William took over for Travis mm -hmm. when Travis was hurt. He was nowhere close to being ready. He gets sent down, and the Braves go on this you know their whole little carousel of catchers. We we all know that story. This year, they covered themselves with Manny Pena, who was, you know, he's like kind of the definition of just a quality veteran backup. Yeah. Like, that's your, like, that's, so now you're looking, okay, he gets hurt, and now William has just taken this and run. And I would assume mm -hmm. that Pena is probably moved in the offseason. A lot of teams would probably want him. You know, Travis is older. This is going to be William's show one day, potentially. And we – look, everybody loved Langoliers, right? Yep. I mean, everyone was – there's a reason why he was your headline prospect yep. to get a guy like Matt Olson. And that was a loss for this system. But with the way that Contreras has developed, it's not nearly as big of a loss as some thought it was. So, so much wow. credit goes to William. And I hope that he gets recognized more. And maybe it takes him doing something in the postseason uh, for him to kind of get recognized more nationally. But to me – especially for a guy that has a brother who's an all-star catcher too. I just feel like his season has not really garnered enough kind of conversation. So I just find that interesting. But again, this team has so many stories and yeah. so many newbies that, you know, that kind of, it can get overshadowed sometimes, but good for him. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of been a footnote at times and maybe having a, a famous catcher as a brother and having to come in and, you know, create your own, you know, name, if you will, even though the name is very familiar People may not have realized, but I can tell you there's 29 other teams out there that if he wasn't on the Braves, would love to have him be in the middle of their catching situation because it is hard to find these guys. But the injury to Manny Pena opened the door. William Contreras, he walked right on through and said, I think I'll stay a while, and he will. And he and Travis Darno have been the most productive catchers duo in all of Major League Baseball. 
wrapping this thing up, uh, what else can we talk about? But down the stretch that the Braves come, it is not a, a truly difficult task down the stretch, but they do have four more meetings with the Philadelphia Phillies. They've got some sprinkled in against the Nationals and the Marlins as well. And oh, by the way, it all seems to be building Gabe to this three-game series when the Mets and Braves will tangle at the end of September I don't know how we handicap this whole thing at this point because it can change seemingly within 24 to 48 hours between these two teams. We know that the Mets have what's looked at as a little bit of an easier schedule, but I think it's pretty exciting to have a pennant race back on our hands. I don't feel like the Braves have been involved in one of these good old-fashioned pennant race kind of Septembers in quite some time. You know, they haven't been. They've beaten the Phillies a couple times to wrap up the division, uh, you know, relatively early in the 20s. So... No, this is, I mean, obviously, this is by far the best race they've had in this latest era of success. And you said it, it's going to, you can't say too much because it, it's going to change by the day, but it really is all leading toward these teams going head to head here um, at the end of this month because are, is either team going to have a two game advantage by then? It's a question. It, it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like this is going to be a one game or tied situation by then, barring somebody slipping up in ways that really, I mean, I know the Mets kind of, I know the Braves that go on the West coast. It's, you know, it's not great, but the Mets were slipping up too. Right. Yeah. So uh, these teams just kind of seem to be each other's equals. You look at their stats too. I mean, th- this is, it's really awesome. And the different postseason format only adds to the intrigue too, because one of these teams is going to have to burn their top pitchers mm-hmm. during a wild card weekend probably against the Phillies, right? Looks like it. So that's how that's how the Phillies factor into all this too. So there's a lot of NLE storylines and look, I the Braves just swept the Phillies. The Mets have played very well against the Phillies. I don't think either team is scared of them. But still, you know, if you have Zach Wheeler, if you have Aaron Noah, mm-hmm. if you're going and you're having to burn your guys and then you're having to play the Dodgers in the next round, having just used your best pitchers to get past Philadelphia, that is a huge deal. So Look, everyone wants to hang another division banner. The Braves are trying to protect their stranglehold on the division here. The Mets are trying to finally, you know, break something that isn't an embarrassment. Um, (laughs) But but the fact how much this is going to matter with postseason seeding, and it it is, it's the difference. It's avoiding the Dodgers until the NLCS, and it's avoiding having to play on that opening weekend. That's a huge deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal, and every club is trying to you know, get to October but also find that favorable matchup. And it may not be favorable by the time you get got to face the Dodgers. The Braves have a little bit of experience with that. You know this Cardinals team, we just saw them. They're going to be in the mix as well. The Braves and Phillies are going to be super familiar with one another if they meet again in October. And, oh, by the way, the Braves and Mets, I've been pretty familiar with one another all year long. The Mets have the slight advantage as far as the uh, head-to-head goes, which is important, of course, for seeding and for any tiebreaker that you need if this thing gets really crazy in the final what a couple of weeks. But the Braves could turn that all around if they are able to beat up on the Mets head-to-head. And, of course, the Brewers could help out the Braves just a little bit here as Washington rolls into town and the Braves have a favorable series against the Washington Nationals. Gabe, I appreciate all your time as always. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about all these things with you. It's been a very fun ride for the Braves through 2022. It's not over yet. Perhaps the most fun is still ahead of us. Uh, Appreciate it. Make sure you're following Gabe on Twitter at GabeBurnsAJC. I look forward to seeing you out at the ballpark and talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Grant. We're going to have another fun October on our hands. My thanks, as always, to Gabe Burns of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for stopping by. It had been a while, so it was good to you know sit down and talk a little bit of Braves baseball at a great time of year. 
And my thanks as always to all of you for making From the Diamond part of your baseball podcast regimen. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can also find it on the Odyssey app, and you can also hear the show on Saturdays on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I'll have Corey McCartney back in the saddle very soon as the Braves come down the stretch looking to make it a fun close to the regular season and, of course, make a run through October. So that'll wrap it up for this episode. Once again, for Gabe Burns, I'm Grant McCauley, and we will catch you next week. So long, everyone.